Welcome back to Grid. I'm Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ron, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. Another consensus pick on Thursday Night Football goes in flames as Brock Osweiler and Adam Gase embarrass themselves, really, on national television and get mollywopped by a Houston Texans team that somehow finds a way to muster all of those touchdowns when we couldn't get a single one, just one of those touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. Not one. Who just opened their mic? Who wants to complain? I know someone wants to complain. Wait, how is this Osweiler's fault? Uh, you didn't see that pick six? Okay, I did see that, but <laughs> what about the defense? That shit was horrible. Yeah, defense putrid. I mean, just absolutely just not covering people. At, at Adam Gase, and it's not like Osweiler, Osweiler made some throws, but he some of those windows were bay windows and $5.5 million McMansions. Gase just clicking buttons as coach, deciding to do aggressive things, then not aggressive things. There's no consistency whatsoever. Very much Mike Tomlin or River, Riverboat Ron Light in that contest. Yeah, what happened? I thought Gaze was supposed to be a sharp coach. Me too. I, I felt like an idiot last night because I have on this very podcast in the ears of men and women across the world have said that Adam Gase is sharp. I thought that he was a good offensive mind. And then he just does random things like, okay, good, good aggressive things. Goes for it on fourth one early. Good job. You know, like we're touchdown dogs on the road. Let's be aggressive. And then he doesn't go for it on fourth and three. Doesn't go for two. Kicks a field goal down. What were they down? 15 to make 15, it a that two, field goal. Two score game to make it a two score game. What's happening? I love fourth down Twitter. Fourth down Twitter is the best. It's fourth just, and short. It's just Everyone math. loses their minds when these coaches punt. It's just it's math. Amazing. It's it's just math. It's not that hard. And I, I get it. In the caveman world of football, where real estate is gained by blood, guts, and violence, it's hard to turn around to your players when a decision on the surface looks dumb because for decades people have told you that you're supposed to punt in this situation, trust your defense, all these things that are totally uh, ridiculous arguments but have existed for so long. I get it that it's hard to turn to guys that literally put their lives on the line and tell them that you did something that's weird in the current standard, even though it's correct. I, I get the difficulties in that. But can we get some education? Like, Can we take a couple days in the summer to just show the math like would these guys even appreciate that i i would hope that as grown men if you sat them down and showed them some math that they would appreciate it come october when you made the tough decision would they maybe please am i giving humans too much credit all right let's get on to the rest of the slate just just show them all the final scores i mean just show them the Patriots' record for the last decade. Every game is 34 to 31, so just like show them the final score and be like, we need 34, or we're not winning this game. Yeah. Last week, another body blow. Not the full three-pointer, but a 2-2 and one body blow for the collective. Need to start stringing some wins together, but 
pretty happy so far with the 57% win rate. If you're at all new to this program and you've somehow made made it through four minutes of us rambling about a Thursday night football game that had no implications on anything really, two horrible four and three teams that even though one got to five and three, somehow the Texans have ripped off five straight wins. Nobody thinks any of these teams is going to do any real winning this season. We are in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We submit five picks every week against the spread in our quest to try and win $1.4 million. Each host submits their own pick, and then the fifth pick comes from all of our power rankings combined. It spits out an aggregate selection, and off we go. We are also presented by the SharpSide team sharpside.com part of the roto grinders family go ahead and check them out if you have an ios device download their app sharp sharp sides and go ahead and make your picks track your picks follow the leaderboard and you can leave some advice if you think you have a beat on the game so that's who we are and if you are not new to this program you know that the first thing we do each week is look at split games so games where we have two hosts on one side two hosts on the other and in order to do that we have to go across the pond. This week is a special one, too. We have Sir Bortles himself, Prince of London, heading to Wembley Stadium with the Jacksonville Jaguars to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are one of the strangest teams this season coming off the Super Bowl. They haven't put together what feels like a complete game. Last week, prime example, they're absolutely dusting the Panthers, 17-0 entering the final frame, and then give up three touchdowns to Scam Newton, losing outright. I am the highest on this game. I am trusting in... Gulp, Sir Bortles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I actually have the Jags on my card. The line is plus three on both Pinnacle and in the Super Contest. 67% of the public is on Philadelphia. The look-ahead line in this game was a pick. And all we had was the Eagles blowing their own dicks off. The Jags, a very poor performance at home against the Texans, but... Not enough, in my opinion, to move this line three points. The biggest concern here, if you are uh, backing the Jags, is that the Eagles' defensive line is really cooking, especially against the run. They're second in rush defense, uh, adjusted line yards. But the, the they haven't been able to generate the pass rush that they've wanted. 18th in adjusted sack rate, which then forces their secondary to play well, which is something they did last year. They generated a great pass rush, which masked the deficiencies in that secondary. Ronald Darby's a fine player, but Jalen Mills is an absolute horror show, and they've benched their slot corner, Rajul Douglas, for Dexter McDougal. McDougal, drafted by the Jets, I can tell you that at best, he's a jag. This is going to come down to whether or not we get Goat Blake Bortles or Woat Blake Bortles, and I'm hoping it's somewhere in between. Uh, Also up front for the Jags, I think this is uh, a good spot for their defensive line, although I keep on saying that. Last week should have been a good one. 
against the Texans O-line, but the Eagles O-line banged up. Jason Peters and Lane Johnson have both been limited all week, and Jason Peters kind of looks washed, so I'll take the dog here. I think the market move was way too much off that look-ahead line, and Jags in London. It's a real thing. Uh, The person that agrees with me is DP, but you have them extremely low. DP, anything to add? Yeah, you're drunk, man. What the hell are you doing? Come on, market just, move. Why, I, we, I feel like we need to take the London game and just put it in the Thursday category and say the hell with it, but not according to you who stuck it on your card. There's no team that's more familiar with London than the Jags. They've played five games in London. Their owner owns Fulham, for Christ's sake. They might as well be playing these games at the old Craven Cottage. This is Sir Blake Bortles all the way. Don't be scared of the London game. Embrace it. Neither Mo or Brett really heavy on the Eagles here. Mo had them at the very bottom. Brett had them at a four out of 13. So I'll go to you, Brett. What made you click on Philly in the spot? Yeah, so you mentioned the look ahead. And I, I understand there's probably value on the Jags right now, but they're going to be without A.J. Boye this week. They're going to they're gonna be without D.J. Hayden and Tyler Patman in that secondary, which means the Jags corners are going to be Jalen Ramsey and three DBs I've never heard of, including one they've just called up from the practice squad. Uh, so that is the big thing for me this week. The Eagles are already the better squad. Uh, and with the Jags just throwing bodies out there to cover Elsha and Aguilar, I, I just, I just, the Eagles are going to be able to move the ball at will. Well, do they even need, against this defense? Do they need to cover Aguilar? This Eagles offense is kind of putrid right now. Well, yeah, they don't have a running game, but it, the Jags rely on this secondary so much and it, they, they don't, I don't know what this secondary is right now. Fair, very, very fair. Mo, you ultimately click the Eagles, put them away at the bottom. Anything to add? I don't have much to add on this one because this is two teams I have just like no read on. To to top it off, it's two teams I have no read on playing in London. So, yeah, just keep this far away from me. A bunch of injuries on defense on both sides, two underperforming defenses. Um... I wonder what's going to happen with the Jag situation at QB. But uh, I just trust the Eagles' firepower on offense a little more. So I, I favor them about what they're favored by the market. Jags money bet line. Eagles team is trash. All right. The other split game is another field goal line. It is Seahawks at Lions. Seahawks coming off of a bye, Lions coming off of a win down in Miami. DP is the highest on this game. He's got the Detroit Lions. He's laying the field goal with your boy, Matt Patricia. Defensive genius, Matt Patricia. What you got, DP? Uh, public's favorite in the Seahawks here. I'm just, just still not very high on the Seahawks team at all. Uh, this one opened at two and a half. It's now up to three. I mean, we're getting it at three, but um, just that movement alone tells me that that's where uh, some of the sharp money is coming in. That's where I want to reside. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I think that this Lions team is is pretty decent. I think they're just flat out better than the Seattle Seahawks. Flat out They're They're better. not. <laughs> They're not. This you don't have to so agree with me, man. I think they are. This defense is wretched. They're they're getting better though. Can we agree? No. You don't. What are they thirtieth? What are they thirtieth defense DVOA? This team. This defense is 
Russell's going to shred I, I, on Sunday. No. The, so the Lions... Yeah. Lions defense doesn't matter. I don't really care about defense. Well, the, there's one thing on defense that matters, and that's getting to the passer. And Detroit ranks first in adjusted sack rate, and they're doing a really good job getting to the quarterback. Rookie Deshaun Hand is absolutely wrecking up front. He's grading as an 89 on PFF. And sophomore Gerard Davis, while he's pretty poor against the run, and that's the biggest issue with the Lions, he's the third best rush linebacker, according to PFF grading, at an 89. Add Damon Snacks Harrison to that, who is unbelievable at just creating havoc in the middle of the field, uh, the middle of that defensive line. I think the Seahawks are going to have a lot of trouble up front. We know their O-line problems. They're 28th in adjusted sack rate on the line. So I don't even know how Russell Wilson can eat if he's not standing upright. I is Snacks, snacks going to play a lot of snaps? Why wouldn't he? Like, why? Just, I mean, he just got there. Yeah, but what's 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 there to know at defensive tackle? All you gotta do, all you gotta do at pre-snap is tell him if you're run blitzing or pass blitzing or what his assignment is. It's it's not like he needs to know uh, an extensive route tree or or protections up front as an offensive lineman. He just has to go eat the quarterback. Uh, I too have the Lions in this spot. Uh, I have them right in the middle of my card. Wanted to put them higher. I don't know. I just uh, the the biggest thing here for as a detractor is the coaching matchup. I mean, the Seahawks, they lose everybody, but they just keep doing it on defense. I, I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, fourth overall, third against the pass. Uh, I have a big note here. Coaching matters. But the, the Lions feel like a team that's going in the opposite direction, whereas the Hawks are kind of treading water and competing, and it, it's really great, and I'm really impressed that they're competing, but I think the Lions are actually turning a corner here. I like how balanced they are on offense because they still throw the ball a ton. Uh, Stafford is still averaging more than 30 attempts a game, but Carrion Johnson has given them a little bit of, a little bit of balance, which is, which is definitely helped. I don't know. This, this game is Spider-Man meme. They both want to play D they both want to run the ball. Uh, but I just favor the lines a little bit more. Uh, Brett, go ahead. You're, you're obviously on the Hawks. Go ahead on your side. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is a two pointer for me. I just don't, I don't think this Lions defense is any good. And I, I just, like you said, these, these are pretty much the same team. So, fair line, want nothing to do with it. Mo, you also had Hawks, also had them low, four out of 13. What you got here? I more so agree with Brett. Uh, one thing that I'm wondering is what the hell Magic Pete Carroll's been working to have this secondary ranking elite again. How is this pass defense good? I don't really understand. He's but a DB's coach, man. Coach him up. I do think the addition of snacks, you know, helps, but I still think, like Brett said, I think still think this team looks really poor on paper on D, and they've probably be probably been overperforming so far. So uh, on a neutral field, I I definitely like the Hawks a little bit over the Lions. So when I'm getting three, I'm definitely taking the Hawks and not too unhappy about it. So two not so great split games, not a lot of opinion. Let's go to the Lone Wolves where one person has two Lone Wolves in their top 5. Ooh. 
to the Lone Wolves. Last week was a good week for Lone Wolves. 2-0-1 for the collective. Last two weeks, we're 5-1-1, which is generally no bueno because that means, obviously, the other three hosts are struggling a little bit. And this week, so far, our leader has been Mo. In our individual top fives, Mo is picking at a 68.5% rate, 23-10-2, and he has two lone wolves in his top five. Let's start with the first one because it's the most interesting game to me in terms of what the market is doing and what my heart is telling me. It's Bucks at Bengals. The Bengals are four-and-a-half-point favorites in the Super Contest. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites in real life, and 60% are on Cincinnati, so a reverse line move. In addition to all of that, the look-ahead line was minus 5. So something happened over the last week which dinked them a half point in the Super Contest and then a point and a half in real life. Mo, why do you love the Bucks here in, in this spot? Is it purely a market play or is this football-related? Both. How drunk are you guys? You guys actually clicked... The other side of this? You you thought last week that this Bucks team could lose outright to the Browns, right? Well, yeah. And now you love them on the road against the Bengals. I just want to make sure I got that right. Yeah, because they're getting all the points. This is this is Spider-Man Mimi. They're getting a point and a half off neutral. Two horrifying defenses. Two offenses that are capable of really high performance in the passing game, but also are capable of completely shitting the bed because their quarterbacks do stupid shit. I mean, it doesn't get any more Spider-Man Mimi than this. This line should be three. Uh, Cincy D, already not good. They're missing Darquez Denard and Vontaze Perfect for this one, oh, it perfect, looks like. Perfect sucks. Perfect is, is washed. Perfect's going to save us 45 yards in penalty. Yeah, he's so washed. It's, it feels like a high-variance game because, like I said, this is two QBs prone to some awful mistakes. So whoever makes less awful mistakes should have a big edge here. And I actually think I'd rather trust Jameis Winston for that. No, stop uh, it. Their passing game is a little better. Um. Man, if we could have got this six opener, holy shit, was that a piece of shit line. I, somebody actually released that line. And then this one meets in the middle because right now the line's three and a half. So you're getting a free point. And you guys still clicked on the wrong side here? They, they were laying this out in front of you. It's a layup. Well, you bring up injuries, and you don't mention Vinnie Curry and Gerald McCoy, who are also going to miss the game and are the only defenders on Tampa Bay with a semblance of a pulse. Wanted to love the Bengals in this game, but the market told me not to, so I sucked this at the bottom. Two out of 13. Look, Dalton is way better at home than he is on the road, and this is bad quarterback on the road. Yeah, two bad quarterbacks. I'll take the home quarterback. I'm giving a point and a half off neutral. I think this is quite a fair line, and I'll stick it at the bottom. But I'm not going to have a lot of confidence in either side in this game. Like you said, there's a ton of variance that's going to come into play. So I, I don't know how you can be super confident in either side. DP is super confident, though, in the Bengals. Has them on his card. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, I, I've I've been pretty high on the Bengals all year. I mean, I think that they've thrown up a, a couple duds, um, but this is feels like a great spot for me for them to get right against a just absolutely horrible defense. Um, unlike Mo, for whatever crazy reason, he decides to trust Jameis Winston. I do not trust Jameis Winston at all whatsoever. I mean, as bad as the Browns played, they were still somehow in that game yesterday, last week when they should have just been blown out because – Anyone who can't move the ball against this Bucks team should never, ever, ever be in a game with them whatsoever. But they were because the Bucks can't put it away against a bad team, and they were at home. Now they got to go on the road against a good team in the opponent stadium. I just don't see it happening. I think the Bengals just roll here by ten points or more. I, I just think that it's obvious. And then also, Rich, I don't know if you mentioned Quan Alexander out for the season. So yeah, Brett, you had this as your very last pick. You're like me. You 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 picked the side. Market was gross. Anything else? No, yeah. that's ex- Everything you said is right. Half a point off from the line Westgate posted last week, but it's moving the other way, even though the Bengals are getting the public bets. I had no idea what to do with this one. So no we'll idea. Move on to... I'm trying to tell you what to do. Click <laughs> on the right side. We'll move on to Moe's other lone wolf, which is absolutely perplexing to me, honestly. He's taking the most public side this week. I've heard on multiple different platforms, the exact same quote, and I'm sick of hearing it. This is the biggest underdog line Aaron Rodgers has ever seen, ever, ever, ever. 70% on the clown Packers, including Mo. You have them on your card. What's going on here? What do you mean, what's going on? Public sniffed out a bad line here. That's what's going on. Uh... Packers off a bye in this spot, um, facing a very beatable Rams secondary. Biggest question here is, can the Rams get pressure up the middle? Because if they can, and Rodgers is throwing off his back foot all day, this definitely could be a whitewash. Um, If the Packers can somehow scheme their offense to the edges a little more or just neutralize um, the middle of the the Rams line, the Packers could just win this outright. I mean, this is Rodgers getting wait wait almost wait 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 wait, wait, wait <laughs> win this wait, outright, wait, dude. Yeah, you are smoking something, man. Wait wait wait. This is Rodgers getting ten points. Have this, you seen Aaron Rodgers play football? This is Rodgers only getting to run forty plays because the Rams have the ball for forty five minutes because the Packers are twenty ninth in stopping the run, and the Rams can just run straight every play, control the ball, and score 30 on the ground. That's what this is. That's exactly what McVay's going to do, too. This is he Todd, knows. This is Todd Gurley-Heisman game. I said it last week, but this is Todd Gurley for 275 and four touchdowns. You can give me four-to-one pizzas then on this for one of the pizzas you owe me because I'll take Packers' money line. All right, booked. But you have to bet at least two pizzas. You really want to give me eight pizzas? Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, how do the Packers get a stop in this game? They're just going to get shredded up front by this Rams offensive line. And you mentioned the biggest weakness on the Packers is that offensive line. Bakhtiari is the only guy with a pulse on that line. They're 22nd in adjusted sack rate. And finally, last week, granted against a not-so-great front, Indomitian Sue. 
and Aaron Donald started to cook. And once they start getting that interior pressure, like you said, there's nowhere to go. You can't bounce outside because they're playing contain and you're dead. The Rams are going to absolutely smoke the Packers. Every clown better is going to wake up on Sunday and see that Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback of all time, is getting eight and a half points. They're going to think the back door is wide open and the Rams are going to absolutely destroy them in Los Angeles. Another game I wanted to love, but it it made the middle of my card. Brett, you nearly did it. You nearly. Oh, no, you you did. This is your final. Yes. Of course I did. You did it. It's on your top five. Wow. Right at the bottom. Go ahead. It's McVeigh against clown ass McCarthy. He's good. McVeigh's just going to slow this down. Keep Rogers off the field. Outmanage this game. He's this is I'm with you. I think this could be a three touchdown win easily for the Rams. I don't know how Green Bay is going to keep pace with this offense. I don't think they're going to have the ball. Green either. Bay is bad. Go ahead, DP. Look, at what, the Niners, look what the Niners just did yeah. to them. Raheem Mostert. This is another note I didn't bring up. Raheem Mostert, seven yards per carry against the Packers. What do you think Todd Gurley's going to do? What do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do to Marcus Peters, who keeps allowing 50-yard touchdowns every game? He's not going to have the ball. That's the thing. And even if he does have the ball, just the coaching matchup on the Rams' side of the ball, I think that they're going to do their best to neutralize Rodgers or at least not just let him waltz down the field. I think that they have much more of a clue than Green Bay's coaching staff, that's for sure. And they definitely have much better bodies than the Niners. <laughs> and how often are we going to get the Rams as... I mean, the public is all over the Packers here. Yeah. Like I said... Everybody is waking up on Sunday seeing that the greatest quarterback of all time is catching eight and a half points and clicking on him. Yeah, and that's the narrative. Like you said, the Packers, oh uh, Rodgers has never been this you big. Know how many, before. I, I I'm, I'm over that. Stop saying it, people. It's by a half point, too. So it's not even by like a mile. But it's real. Like people are, are people are talking about it. Everybody <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, don't. Don't <laughs> shut up. Oh, I love it. God. All right, DP. You are up next. You've got three. They're all very low. You're laying all the points. These three teams are laying a combined 26 and a half points. I mean, first one, we'll go to the one that's close to the middle. You're laying 10 with the chefs. You cannot get enough of Kansas City. This is, this is roulette theory, right? Just keep betting on the streak. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they're just going to cover. They're going to keep covering, I think. I mean, I just feel like they're going to just step on the gas all the time. This team is just really good on offense. I think that offense is just what matters um, in today's NFL. I think Case Keenum going to Arrowhead is not going to be good at all. Um, I mean, not that the Chiefs' defense is good. I don't really think that they need to be. You just need the other team to really screw up. Case Keenum has that in his blood, uh, you know, more often than not, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, 10 points to me here, just whatever. I'm just going to swallow the points. I'm going to eat them and they're going to cover 62% on the Kansas city chefs. We all had this pretty much in the same spot, eight out of 13 or six out of 13. Mo was technically the lowest, but he's a resident chefs fan. So I'm going to turn to him. Mo, why did you click Denver in the spot? 
even though the Chiefs keep waxing Denver, so I'm probably completely wrong about this. I, I like the way Denver matches up with KC. Um, especially KC is hurting on both lines with a starting center, Mitch Morse. Looks like he's probably going to be out. Um, Justin Houston certainly looks like he's sitting. I do think the Chiefs can run the ball in this spot, but that's not what they want to do. And uh, they're going to probably play into Denver's strength a little bit by uh, passing and letting Vaughn get cooking. He's been playing much better the last couple of weeks. And I like on the other side of the ball, Denver to just run straight with Lindsay against this woke Chiefs run defense. Lindsay might rip off a couple 90 yarders in this game. I mean, that guy can really, really, really run if you let him get in the open field. Um, and this Chiefs run D is about as bad as it gets. So I think this plus, it looks like there could be some windy conditions. Mahomes has already been overthrowing people the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think Denver keeps this closer and, you know, I'll be in attendance. So Uh-oh. hopefully I get a good game here, but Drunk hopefully you get a Chiefs dub. Looking for the middle, the outright win, but the cover by Denver. Not only are the Chiefs the worst team in the league in rush defense, 32nd, according to DVOA, they are twice as bad as the 31st ranked defense. The Chiefs are performing 16% worse than the mean. The Falcons at 31 are 7% worse than the mean. So they are absolutely dreadful at defending the run. My biggest question is, can Philip Lindsay and Devontae Booker, are they physical enough to play an entire game and get all the carries? Both very slight running backs. I really wish we had Royce Freeman, but he is going to miss this contest. Uh, Football outsiders on the other side loves Denver, fifth overall, seventh on offense, eighth on defense. Kind of confusing to me. Uh, I, I, I tend to disagree with those assessments, but I think the Broncos are fine. And... In the Super Contest, not against the closing line. The Broncos are the only team to cover against Kansas City so far as home dogs on that Monday Night Football game. Bert, anything to add? I, I think Mo's point about the wind was the point that we were going to get from Bert, the weatherman. Of course. Yeah, this is more about the conditions than anything else. This Chief, Chiefs offense is built on deep passing and speed, and we're looking at high winds. Gusts of over 30 miles per hour at Arrowhead have fun, Mo. Uh, so you're you're limiting the upside of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, uh, and the Broncos looked good against the Chiefs the first time they played. They covered for us, and uh, we're, I think this is a great spot to ride them again. DP, your other two lone wolves are your bottom two picks. You clicked the Colts. Which, come on, this is just this is just an awful pick. No, just, no, just an awful pick, DP. And then you clicked the Patriots, which I don't know. I don't even know what to think about that. You clicked Colts. No. That, that's Listen, I wanted to click the Raiders. I tried to click the Raiders, it. but I just all couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, do it guys. I'm sorry. Do it's it. my two pointer, so leave me alone. Do it. Okay, you guys decide whatever you're going to do with this game. And then also with the Patriots, I'm actually going to do what I said I was going to do two weeks ago, and I'm just going to pick the Patriots from now on and just stick them at the bottom of the card. You guys can do whatever the hell you want with, the, with that game because I cannot pick the Patriots for the life of me, even when I try and pick them where I'm undefeated, and that's the Bears. I can't do it, so I'm done with it. Do it. 0-7? Is he 0-7? Kill me now. Do it. Yeah, 0-7 <laughs> against any anything to do with the New England Patriots. Donnie, 
is over. Stone over. Where where do we begin with this? Uh, That's incredible. I guess we begin with with Colts Raiders. Everybody else loves it. Everybody else has it in their top five. Mo, I'll let you go first. You were audibly annoyed by this. This is one of the worst picks of the season by anyone on this podcast. <laughs> it really is, though, I think. I mean, how could you not? I mean, this makes me worry for the future of this podcast and this team in this contest. How could you not see that the Raiders are the most obvious pick of the week? Future, the, the future of humanity is in question with this selection. You want to the... know why I picked the, the Colts? Yeah, I need, I need the, to know. The ultimate, the ultimate deciding factor when it was all said and done was that Everything that I, I, when I was like trying to look through all my capping and like look around, everything that I saw just, just tells me that the Raiders are just out. Like they're just done. The the way that, that John Gruden's coaching this team, the players are just over it. And I just, I'm not going to back a team like that. So wait, 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 I'll circle back to that point in a second. So heart factor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> heart rankings. I'll circle back. Heart to rankings. Yeah. What's wrong with heart rankings? They matter once in a while. We'll, we'll get back to the, to the, to the Raiders in a bit. I promise you that. Uh, other side, Bills, Pats. <sighs> I mean, Brett and Mo, you both put it in your top five. I clicked the Bills, put them all the way at the bottom. I want nothing to do with this game. So I'm going to need, Brett, you of all people, convince me why the Bills are the right side here. Yeah, man, I didn't want to do this after they broke my heart last week, but it's 13 and a half at home. Come on, this line was 10 and a half points at Westgate last week when they posted the, the look ahead the bills were a train wreck on the road last week but come on they've put together some strong performances this year and this team never gets real primetime games thursday night football doesn't count so they're going to be up for this one on mon- on monday night it's going to be cold it's going to be windy it's going to be rainy the patriots are going to want just want to get out of here with a win not caring what the final score says and even though this Bills offense is a horror show, there is opportunity for a backdoor cover here against this Pats defense, especially in this spot. Getting so many points. Come on. Mo, what, what's, going, what's the scenario here? How do the Bills cover? I mean, I actually think the Bills match up okay with the Pats. Even though defending the pass isn't really allowed in 2018, the Bills can, can do it as well as you can pretty much do it nowadays. Um, just can they move the rock at all with this historically bad offense? If they can get anything out of their offense, 14 points might be enough here. I think they can cover here. Uh, and, you know, rule of if I'm taking a bad QB, I'd much, much rather take him at home. So uh, definitely still makes me queasy clicking on a guy who scored three points against the Colts, but uh, man, isn't Illum going to be out in force too? We saw what they could do last week. They showed us their powers once again in that Giants game, so I'm going to be on the Bills here. Pats score 30 every game. This is that's, this is my biggest fear. Like, their standard is 30. So Yeah, and what do they do to the Bills every time they play them? So how do the Bills get more than two touchdowns? That's my biggest fear. That's why I know in all of my fiber that the Bills are the right side, but I want nothing to do with this contest because I need the Buffalo Bills, 32nd worst offense, minus 52%, 52% worse than the average NFL offense. I need them to score more than two touchdowns. 
and I don't want to bet on that. Yeah, it's scary, but that's how you know it's the right side. All right. I've got three lone wolves. I know I'm going to get lambasted for one of them. The one that I'm the highest on is me believing the market. It's the Baltimore Ravens, minus two on the road. Traditionally, I don't love this spot. This means the Ravens would be minus eight at home. And initially, I thought this game was a lot higher than it should. But the look-ahead line was only a pick. So obviously, it does move two points off of the Ravens' uh, near win against the Saints last week. wasn't even like they won. Uh, Public is on the Panthers, 54% on Carolina. What I was really impressed with last week is that my faith was restored in the NFL by like 1%. That a really good defense can still compete against a really good offense. Ravens defense, excellent. Third overall, sixth against the pass, fourth against the run. And the way that they're doing it is they're getting to the quarterback, second in adjusted sack rate, and they're doing so by blitzing as a team. Seven players on this team have multiple sacks. Obviously, Terrell Suggs and Darius Smith are the best. They both have five and a half apiece. Jimmy Smith just getting back from his suspension, and he suffered a groin injury, so he's been playing through that. Uh, according to PFF, he's grading at a 38. So far, he was an 82 last year. We know he's an elite corner, so he's going to eventually round into form. I'm not betting on him being as bad as he's been, and yet this Ravens defense has still been elite. And on the other side of the ball, the Panthers really struggling on defense, 26th defending the pass. And Flacco has been fine. He's got great weapons in Crab, Smoke Brown, and Willie Sneed. I'm just taking what I think is the better team here. I don't love it. I have it in the middle of my pack. Had to pick the game. But I clicked on Baltimore. DP, you're on the other side, and you have this in your top five. Why am I wrong? Well, you're an idiot. I feel like these teams are pretty much the same. Um, and one team is somehow giving up two points at home. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. That's it. That's all. I mean, that's just nice and simple, man. Brett is the resident Panthers guy. He knew he was on the wrong side last week despite picking them. So he put him at the bottom. But he was actually on the right side because somehow that miraculous fourth quarter comeback. You're back on Carolina here, Brett. What do you got in this game? I don't have much. I thought this line was pretty fair. I love the number. I think this is going to come down to the wire. Uh, like DP said, two very similar teams. And uh, I'll take the home team. Get, uh, yeah, give a uh, lane two. Mo, what you got in your boy scam? Nearly major card. Yeah, I wanted to love this game. I capped this one way off of where it was, but then the market scared me and I had to move it down a little bit. Uh, I mean, the, is Baltimore better? Sure. I don't really see them being this much better to where they'd be more than a touchdown favorite at home. That seems crazy to me. So I don't understand this line, but public dog scared me off here. It didn't scare me all the way off. It just scared it off my top five. All right, let's go to my next game, which I'm going to shred DP for. I clicked the Redskins, put them at the bottom. Another gross side, but if there is any team that is actually quitting, as DP said, 
It is not the Raiders. It is the Giants. Trading Eli Apple. Trading Snacks Harrison. Team totally a mess. Embarrassed on Monday Night Football despite getting the cover. This is gross. 83% are on our darling Washington racial slurs. Uh, Slurs delivered double middle fingers to the market last week and now... I mean, they've been generally ignored the entire season, and now everybody is on the bandwagon. This is gross. I don't love it. Uh, The two things that are going maybe in Washington's favor are the potential return of Chris Thompson and Paul Richardson. Still no Jameson Crowder for that offense. Washington's passing attack has been absolutely brutal these last couple of weeks, but it may be due to a lack of weapons more so than performance. I don't know. I, I just, wh- why are the Giants trying, DP? Why would the Giants be trying more than the Raiders? If that was your, your reasoning for clicking the Colts, how can you not only click the Giants, but you put them on your card? I did put them on your card. Uh, unlike the Raiders, I don't think the Giants have quit on their coach. I think the Raiders have. What's wrong? Why can't those, why can't those things be the same? Or be, why can't both teams be doing that? One team absolutely hates what John Gruden's doing. Wait, the other team still wants to prove to themselves that they're wait. I'm confused by this. Somewhat take. decent. You just Jedi mind tricked me with this take. What do you mean? I mean, just think about it, man. You're a smart individual. <laughs> uh, who else did we have across the board here? Let's go to Mo. Dude, Mo, go for it. This you brought it up yourself, Rich. This. This Washington passing attack is has been horrifying. Alex Smith has been sneaky, like one of the least effective QBs in the league this year. Right, but he's he throwing, looks horrifying he's, without Andy Reid. Right, but look who he's throwing to, too. Like, I mean, they have a few weapons. Most of them are short game weapons, but they're all dead. Which that's they've in. all been dead. Yeah, I mean that's true. Last week was why no, can't he no, get the ball to Jordan Reed? I mean, he's maybe actually Jordan's, on the field. Maybe Jordan's year. doubled because he's the only one with a pulse out there. I'm not grinding tape, so I, I can't really speak to it specifically. But And then you turn around, this defense allowed six yards per play to a Dak Prescott-led offense. Ugh. I mean, I like this defense on paper, but they have not really performed that well. Um, is Washington even much better than the Giants? I'm not convinced. Oh, Illum looks like they have this one. No, circled, stop too. that! Don't. Did you really just say that these are Spider-Man? Mimi, this Giants team is horrendous. I mean, Washington's not very good either. Uh, Washington has a good defense, and the the biggest thing that they're going to be able to do is we know the Giants have no interest in doing anything but running the ball and throwing dump offs to Saquon. Washington fourth at covering the running back out of the backfield. Mason Foster and Zach Brown. Are super talented. Brown has Zach not. Brown's hurt. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's playing though. He hasn't practiced this week, but Jay Gruden is not worried. Quote: Not worried about his availability on Sunday. I mean, Illum's got this one circled. So yeah, you have fun fading Illum if you want. Faded Illum. Illum blue dicks last night. I guess Illum might have just had Dolphins first half last night and then just (laughs) took off for Cabo or something. Uh, Brett, what you got on this team? No love for Washington. I mean, look, as much as I bought into the Redskins team coming in, and I love that they're 4-2, and 
I don't know how they're four and two. How are they winning these games? This is just me buying low on a team in the Giants that people think is quitting against a somehow division leading Washington squad. I, I don't think the, I don't think the Redskins are going to win this game. I'm really proud of you guys for this next one. I'm maybe not going to get as as roasted as I thought I was going to be. I got the Steelers minus eight, and I'm proud of you guys. Nobody put the Browns higher than a five out of 13. This is a horrendous matchup for the Browns. Browns offensive line absolutely getting shredded. I didn't know. I knew they were hurt. I didn't know Vinnie Curry and Gerald McCoy didn't even play last week. And yet the Browns offensive line couldn't do anything at all to protect their rookie quarterback. 32nd in adjusted sack rate. Steelers, on the other hand, fourth in adjusted sack rate. TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and them boys are going to be rolling this weekend. Who would have thought that if you put an undrafted free agent in Desmond Harrison at left tackle, you would have some trouble? He's currently 57th among tackles with 100 snaps. 57th. For those of you that uh, want to do the math there, uh, there are only, what, 64 starting tackles in the NFL? To a team. Uh, he's just been absolutely horrifying. I don't know if the back door is open in this game. The Browns offense has been about as bad as possible. And then the other side of the ball, man, extra rest, everybody hating on them. Big Ben, AB, Juju. This seems like it could be an absolute track meet for the Steelers. And I'm again, I'm surprised. Nobody high in the Browns. Mo, you are the highest. Why? Why did you not stick your flag, Cleveland flag, firmer into the ground here? Um, I'm a little worried Pitt can just run straight here like the Chargers did. Uh, just I think Browns, if their staff has a clue and they just came out and threw the rock, they'd be fine. But, uh, well, counting on this staff to have a clue is you're drawn pretty dead there. Should we, should we let Brett get his pick in? Because it's... Uh, I think his time's ticking. Yeah, well, nearly getting there. Brett has a hard stop in a couple of minutes. Uh, I have nothing on this Cleveland game. <laughs> we can move on. DP, you couldn't do it. Even you couldn't stick the Browns higher. I could not stick the Browns higher. I tried. Trust me, I tried. But it's Browns not happening. Browns team sucks. Also injuries. Their center looking like he's not going to play. Demarius Randall and Joe Sherbert. Sherbert starting defenders also not going to play big trouble for Cleveland all right let's get to the picks Brett actually picks last this week because he was not great Bob last week the old one three and one after we were praising him so but I'll let him go first since he's got to go he's got a consensus pick he's got a great team at home a great coach at home absolutely love this pick it's my number two pick it's DP's number two pick what you got Bermanotti so this one actually makes me a little nervous until we get the injury report Friday afternoon. But if some of these Vikes starters get a full practice in on Friday, especially on defense, this game has to be on the card. We've got Minnesota as a pick. I don't have the sounder, so I'm doing it myself. Keep going. Yeah, I don't know what this line is. This is this is rule of Zimmer at home. The Vikes have been wrecking teams lately like good football teams do. And this is a good football team despite what we saw from them early in the season. I still think there's plenty of value on this team until the market 
is corrected, especially when they're at home. And the stock on the Saints is at its peak. This line looks two points off to me at least. Uh, I've got Kirk Cousins picking apart this Saints secondary on on, uh, Sunday night. We just have to hope that some of these mini defensive players are on the field to get some stops. Uh, I I will say if we don't get Barr, Sendejo, Rhodes, uh, if if we know they're not going to be playing on Sunday, I might need to adjust this. But I'm pretty comfortable regardless. Uh, we've got the Vikings at home. That that makes me feel really good. I mean, I'm not really worried about Barr and Sandejo. I'm more worried about Rhodes. And in addition to that, we get Everson Griffith back. Back with the team. Full participant. Maybe. maybe. No, he's a full participant in practice this week. He's going. Why wouldn't he go? I don't and know. There's, they there's said been he some weird stuff play. with that injury report. Like the league's been going after the Vikings with his, <laughs> with his designations. I don't really know what is going on with Griffin. But yeah, it'd be, obviously that's huge if he comes back. Look ahead line was three. Yeah. It, it's a pick in the contest, so it's probably three points off where it should be 61% on the Saints. How do they get a stop against Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Stefan Diggs? 30th against the pass, according to DVOI. This is a beautiful spot. Mo, why are you so low on the Vikings? I don't understand this. Well, two things. This is heart rankings. Yeah, this rule is, this of, is uh, Mo's they've had the rule game circled circles. for eight months. Yeah, whatever. Jags, we saw what happened there. Um, and then also, I don't like fading Drew Brees inside. Uh, and he gets to go inside, and I think that mitigates, mitigates some of the Vikes' home field advantage a little bit. DP, your second pick. Anything to add? The Vikings should make that, that arena as cold as possible. <laughs> they should yeah, why like, freeze the, the place. Why aren't the Vikes playing outside? Why do you you make a team in Minnesota? I just feel like yeah, you should be playing outside. Wow, what is this? this is a weird take. I did not expect this take. I they no, just I love absolutely that freeze because they could handle the cold. They should just like make like the the seats should be have icicles on them. <laughs> I love that. Why are we? And then punishing Drew Brees the walks fans? inside and he's like, "What the hell is going on? That would be awesome." I don't know. Wouldn't that affect the Vikings' offense, though? Aren't they built to play offense now? No, you just put it outside all week, man. So you build the stadium, or you build your team around your home stadium, and you're in Minnesota, man. You could have the sickest home field. Snow, cold, and they just play in a whitewashed-ass dome. (laughs) I didn't expect this. Uh, Manada, you can go if you please, but we will push on. We're going to need Brett to listen very soon so he can veto your guys' clown yeah, picks yes. if they're yeah, stay, as shitty as they were the last few stay, stay in the WhatsApp group in case we need you. Veto via WhatsApp. I'm up next. I was supposed to be first. I was the only one on this clown staff to actually have a winning record last week. Funny thing, overall I was 3-10-1 and all three of those winners in my top five. Thank you very much. Funny thing, you had winners on the week where all the Idiots won all their bets. No, but I had so, all, I had all. Go sh- look in the mirror, Rich. I had all sharp sides coming in. Stop it. All sharp sides for the kid last week, and I've got a mega, ultra, devil's dick sharp side. DP, you should be embarrassed. This Raiders is the most obvious pick of all time. Seventy-two percent on the Colts. The look-ahead line was a point and a half. Amari Cooper, not worth four and a half points. Negative headlines, not worth four and a half points. This is your 
Hold Your Nose, Illuminati special. Not going to play the sounder. Already played it. The biggest question, DP, you brought up heart rankings. Are the, Raider, are the Raiders a professional football organization? If they do, then fire it all, money bet line. They're going to be motivated, they're going to come out, and they're going to perform. If they're not, then who knows what the outcome of this contest could be. Great spot for an Oakland offensive bounce back. Indy, they continue to play this soft Sampa 2, 21st in pass defense DVOA. Sneakily, the Raiders 14th in pass offense. Can Derek Carr beat a soft cover 2 with Jared Cook, Jordy Nelson, and Martavis Bryant? I think they can. Will the Raiders, finally, who couldn't stop a nosebleed, play some defense? They're 29th on defense, 31st against the pass. But we're getting Frosty Rucker back, missed the Seahawks game, and Carl Joseph, who has not played a single snap all season. Let's go Oakland. Mo, I know you're proud of me here. How is Frosty Rucker still in the league? He's still playing well, too. I, his, his PFF is just 70 every year. He's I mean, just... what the hell? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean, like I said, the fact that Donnie couldn't see this blindingly obvious pick right in front of him makes me really worry <laughs> about our picks for the future. Um, this line, you said it, it's four points off. Raiders should be minus one here. Uh, Colts... Uh, they did look dangerous with T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, much more explosive, as I predicted and as I was worried about in that Bills game. But both starting safeties might be sitting here, including very possibly, if not almost certainly, their best player on defense, Malik Hooker. Yeah, Malik Hooker can ball. That guy is good, really good. Um, who takes advantage? That's the question. With Amari Cooper... Um, out of there, but this could be Ewing theory. He, they might be better without him. Um, disgruntled locker room. That is what worries me. The only thing that worries me is this: these rumblings of disgruntled locker room with people getting pissed at Carr or whatever else is going on. I do think losing Marshawn might push them to a more optimal play split where they're passing a little more. So I think that that could really help here, actually, especially against this defense missing two safeties. I mean, it's just a dream spot for the Raiders, a stock as low as possible. They got um, coming off a bye after getting wiped out by the Seahawks uh, across the pond. And the Colts are coming off a 30-point win. I mean, this is a dream spot to buy Raiders. 100%. DP, anything to add? Nope, I trust you guys. Let's go. All right, let's get to your top pick, Mo. At least top remaining pick because oh, we already got to my top pick. That's right. The Raiders were your top pick, but your next pick, home dog, consensus pick, a team that we love, a team that ha- has already gone on the road and defeated the team that is coming in as favorites. Mo, give us the third pick on the card. Well, speaking of buying low, what's the lowest? you can buy this week (laughs) beyond a penny stock yeah this is definitely beyond penny stock uh this is those um those cryptos that you look at and they're worth like 0.0000000001 bitcoins yeah one sat bro let's go um we got the cards here uh man 
I think the Cards should actually be favored, as crazy as that is. Of course they um, should. They beat the Niners in Week 5 on the road by 10 points. Why are they not favored? Yeah, they're plus one in this spot because they're coming off a 30-point shellacking at home at the hands of the Broncos. But there's a few things we got going for us. One thing we don't have going for us is your boy Trey Boston might sit. Again, yeah. pretty. That worries me. Um, But things we have going for us, mainly the guy I've been harping on in this podcast, Mike McCoy, is finally out of the picture. See ya. Get out of here, Mike McCoy, you clown. Um, yes, they had this bizarre meltdown but against Denver, but we can buy mega low on a team that might actually start playing reasonable football. I mean, Rosen was out there screaming at coaches on the sideline. Get this staff out of here. Idiots, man. But hopefully now they're going to get David Johnson the ball in space. Hopefully they're going to let Rosen sling the ball down the field. Um Byron left, which I feel like I know nothing about this guy other than his like playing career and all that. But I mean, we've all had idiot bosses, right? We've all had just complete idiot bosses. And I feel like when the idiot boss gets out and he's got to feel so good, I, I think this is a great spot for the cards. So imagine Joe Public grinding all week just to get to the weekend. And finally, it, it becomes Thursday and they get a little reprieve from the work week, knowing that they can go home, sit back crack open a beer, and watch some football. And what happened last Thursday is the Arizona Cardinals served them on a silver, sil- a silver platter the stinkiest pile of dog shit possible. And now everybody has that on their mind, and they're firing the Niners. Look ahead line was minus two in favor of the Cardinals. Again, they won by double digits on the road against this team in Week 10. And finally, Mike McCoy is out of there. I typed up a little memo that I wish I could send to Byron Leftwich. It's three notes. Get David Johnson the rock in space. Get Larry Fitzgerald cooking on drag routes. And give Christian R- Christian Kirk all of John Brown's plays. Just those three things. If you do those three things, your offense is definitely going to rebound. Uh, one thing I also want to mention, Niners offensive line, really, really bad. 26th in adjusted sack rate. While we don't have Trey Boston... The Cardinals' defensive pass rush should still be able to eat their seventh in adjusted sack rate. Kyle Shanahan, love the coach, but he's really just shackled by C.J. Beathard. And the running back position as well. He always wants to get the ball to the backs in space, but we're talking about a broken Breda who's probably not going to play, so you're going to get something Mostert and something Juszczyk who are just they're just not going to be able to do it. DP, you were the lowest on the Cardinals here, any concerns? I mean, just worried about the Cardinals a little bit, but other than that, this is a really, really good pick and the totally right side. All right, DP, your top pick. I'm on the other side. This is a majority pick. I don't like it, DP. Give it to us. Too bad. We're riding with Cam Newton, baby. Plus two at home against the Ravens. I think this line is just off. I mean, I think that these teams are... Much more similar than than this line reflects. Uh, I think Mo brought it up earlier. If this was in Baltimore, the Ravens would be minus eight. I think that that is absolutely insane. Um, I think this should be Panthers minus one, minus two, 
And I think that, you know, we're going to see a really close game here. This is going to really come down to the wire. Um, but you, I just have to take the points here. I have to take the points. And I'm, I mean, not going to be surprised in the slightest if uh, the Panthers win this game outright. I think that they should win this game outright. I will be betting the money bet line. Triple middle fingers to the market from DP. I don't like it. Don't like it. I trust the Ravens defense. They're, they're breaking the rules. The, the rules that defense doesn't matter. Ravens making it matter. They're making defense great again. Don't like it. But I can't veto. I already blew my dick off. So far, the card. Vikings as a pick at home. Raiders as three-point home dogs against the Colts. The Cardinals as one-point home dogs against the Niners. And the Panthers as two-point home dogs against the Ravens. So three home dogs and a home team at a pick coming off of a week where home dogs were absolute trash. Uh, oh, I had the stat right here, but I can't. 0-5 last week, home dogs were. But the this is a collective card with four essential home dogs. And now it's time for the collective pick. It's a road team. It is another dog. And it's a team near and dear to my heart. The collective chooses the New York Jets. Why aren't we getting the hook here? Can somebody explain that to me? Who cares? I care. Let's go. I care. Mo, eh, we, whatever. We don't need the hook. Mo obviously cares. This is a consensus pick, but Mo had it low. Mo, you care about the hook. I do care about the hook. Um, yeah. You guys actually love the Jets in this spot? You are concerned about Mitchell Trubisky laying a touchdown? Uh, there's a few things I do like about this. I, I'll say I, I do. I, I think I capped this at. Let me see here. I did cap this at six and a half, so I think there's value on the Jets. Look, but yeah, look ahead line was five, seventy six percent on the Bears. Yeah, it is seven and a half right now, which is not good. Obviously, I think the Bears were quite unlucky against the Pats. We've already been over that. You apparently disagree, but two special teams touchdowns. They showed they can compete with one of the better teams in the league um, and move the rock like I expected. Jets much, much tougher on defense, much tougher to move the ball. on. And I do believe in this secondary against Trubisky. That's the matchup I really like. And I think things could go like really, really well there. Like Trubisky would not be surprised if he turned it over a couple times. But I don't know, man. The staff, I think, does a really good job of scheming for his strengths and weaknesses. And um, even if Khalil Max out or not himself, which he hasn't been, I am worried about Sam Darnold trying to throw the rock on the road in possibly bad conditions against a defense that is probably still above average. So uh, basically a bet here is a bet on the Jets coaching staff. Um, They need to not get him in horrible spots where they're just like diving into the line and then ending up in third and eight because it's going to be a complete disaster if that happens. I definitely don't like this game if we get into negative script. I, I don't like 
needing a backdoor cover, but I do like a low-scoring competitive game between two defenses. I mean, Trubisky, say what you say about the Bears' performance as a team last week, Trubisky was and is awful. His only good trait is running the ball, and that's just not his job as a quarterback. His quarterback is to throw the ball, push the ball downfield, and he just he can't do it. He's throwing interceptions into guys' gullets, and they're getting dropped, and you can only get away with that for so long. Uh, the running thing as well. I think the Jets have a good match for that in Darren Lee. Darren Lee is extremely quick, sideline to sideline. Historically, the Jets have struggled prior to Lee in uh, defending mobile quarterbacks, but I think he gives them a look that will allow them to force Trubisky to stay in the pocket. And the Jets' pass rush, it really isn't fierce in, in so much that they're going to get beyond the quarterback and allow Trubisky to kind of leak out and run. They do a good job of containing because they're not terrific. They don't have great pass. Like last night, J.J. Watt, you'll see a lot of times, and the Dolphins exploited this a lot, they'll run off tackle in J.J.'s direction because J.J.'s rushing so fiercely that sometimes he gets beyond the quarterback and it creates a running lane for either the quarterback or the running back on some, some of these outside stretches. But the Jets don't have that type of pass rusher on the front. So what they're going to do is they're going to contain and they're not going to let Trubisky get out and scamper. So I think the Jets will be able to neutralize that. And then if you force the Bears to just play a normal offense, I just don't I just don't think they can do it. Uh DP, this is a big game for you for your your game total. You need the Bears to win this game. Yeah, I don't really need them to win this game. I think I'll be fine there. Um they've performed pretty much like expected uh, throughout the year in terms of a uh, win. So not too worried there. Um, I think this game's going to close at six and a half. Um, I'm going to guess the market there. I just think that uh, sharps are going to let this one get up a little bit. It's at seven and a half right now. And then they're going to come flying in to come Sunday morning. I just feel like this is a great spot for the jets. Really great spot. I mean, the whole thing is Mitch Trubisky, right? I mean, I just, you know, I went back and watched that game last week against the Patriots, and yeah, I mean, he's just against this Jets D. I don't think he's going to be that effective. I mean, he might be all right, but I don't think he's going to be as effective to cover a touchdown. The biggest fear is obviously the Darnold blow up. That's the biggest fear. We can't survive the Darnold three pick. Yeah, but even even yeah, okay, a three pick game. Yeah, but even if he throws, you know, one or two, that that kid seems like he doesn't give a shit. Like, he'll just get back out there and keep going, which well, I like. Of, that's kind of the problem. Well, he'll keep going, but then that's why he throws the next <laughs> yeah, pick. That's the problem. He, Donald is not built to play this kind of grinded-out game, I don't think. So, the biggest fear is him just blowing his own dick off. Because he's, he's making a lot of really bad mistakes. Mostly, he's been good. But when he blows up, he blows up all the way. Like, there's no half-stepping when he makes If this it. is bad weather and we get just... Jordan Howard plotting, that'd be so incredible. Yeah, that's best-case scenario, I think, for us. Because the one thing the Jets' offensive line can do, I don't think they're they're great in, in pass blocking, although Football Outsiders continues to grade them pretty well. I believe they're 14th in adjusted sack rate. Their zone blocking scheme is very effective. Crow runs really hard, and I'm this is so homer me. I'm really interested in this Trenton Cannon kid. He looked really good in preseason, very explosive. He's, he's kind of like a Philip Lindsay type but he suffered an injury early in the season, finally came back last week, and one of his plays was certainly a garbage play uh, deep into the game, but when the game was pretty neutral, he ran a nice wheel route 
uh, for like a 30 or 40 yard gain. And he gives them a look that oh, everybody wanted Bilal Powell to get more touches because they thought he was explosive, but he really was just kind of another type of Hamanegger that just, he, he had a little more agility to him, but Cannon is definitely an athlete. Uh, so he gives them a wrinkle that they haven't had in a very long time. Hoping for bad weather, hoping for a slugfest. We need like, we need like 2017 in this game. That's what we need. That's the card. Four dogs and a home game at a pick'em. I like it a lot. Mo, you knew that the collective pick wasn't going to be great because you had two lone wolves in your top five. Yeah, um, I'm not huge on this, but I don't hate it either. I mean, whatever. If you guys want to flip a coin, we can flip a coin. <laughs> Feels like four and one to me, but I don't know why you guys didn't want this Bucks layup. I'll never understand that, but whatever. I don't think it's a layup. It's I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it's it's never good when you're just getting one and a half free points off the market. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I mean, we've been going two birds to the market all year, man. We've talked about that a lot. No problem with doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Packers is the most interesting one for me, Mo. The old public dog. The most public dog this season, probably. Dude, my public dogs have been wrecking this year. Yeah, that is true. That would have been such an Illum spot, but it's not anymore, man. Sorry. <laughs> Illum is just like, oh, the public's 80% on the Packers. See ya. Illum is betting first half totals and weird bets. They're no longer betting on the game, I don't think. Yeah, maybe, and then going to the club in the second half with maybe, all their money. Maybe props. Maybe they're firing props. All right. Follow these guys on Twitter at Brett Colson, C O L L S O N, at Donnie underscore Peterson, at Mo Nuara, N U W A R A H. We are at Grid Iron Gamble. Be sure to download the Sharpside app if you have an iOS application. Best of luck in your own fantasy betting ventures this weekend. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Until then, peace. Ow.